Balancing Point Podcast. This is episode 61. Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guests as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Balancing Point Podcast. My name is Kimberly Falker, and I'm your host. Today, I continue with my series on New York City Ballet from the ground up. And today I'll be chatting with Tyler Peck and Robbie Fairchild, both whom are principal dancers with the New York City Ballet. And as many of you know, Tyler and Robbie are engaged to be married, and they will be married in less than two weeks. And in fact, in less than two weeks, they will be on their way to Bora Bora for their honeymoon. Speaking of Robbie, be sure to take part in my upcoming giveaway when I'll be sending one lucky winner a signed pair of point shoes from none other than Robbie's sister, Megan Fairchild, who's also a principal dancer with New York City Ballet. And if you want to participate in this drawing, just send me an email with your name and your favorite podcast episode so far. Then on June 27th, I will be drawing the winner and I will let you know and those will be mailed right to your doorstep. So this week is our final week featuring New York City from the ground, New York City Ballet from the ground up. And I've been so fortunate to provide you with an inside peek into the company from a year-round student at the School of American Ballet to a couple of apprentices, core members, soloists, and now principal dancers. And it's been so educational. And if you haven't listened to all of them, do go back because in each of them you learn a little bit of a different perspective and kind of really learn to appreciate what it takes to get to the the position that um, Tyler and Robbie are in right now as principal dancers. It's certainly a long and arduous journey. So even though the focus has been on this one company, I also believe that the information that you glean from these interviews and from their perspectives could be applied to most any other companies. I do appreciate the positive feedback I've been receiving, and I also really appreciate your requests. I've heard from quite a few of you about other companies you'd like me to spend some time featuring, so I'll do my best to make that happen. But for now, let's just continue to dive into the last bit of New York City Ballet, some of the educational information I wanted to share with you. Today, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the mission of New York City Ballet, Now, as I've mentioned before, New York City Ballet was created by George Balanchine and Lincoln Kirsten, who formed New York City Ballet with the goal of producing and performing a new ballet repertory that would reimagine the principles of classical ballet. And today, under the leadership of ballet master-in-chief Peter Martins, the company remains dedicated to their vision as it pursues two primary objectives— The first objective is to preserve the ballet's dance, aesthetic, and standards of excellence created and established by its founders. And the second is to develop new work that draws on the creative talents of contemporary choreographers and composers and speaks to the time in which it is made. This mission is accompanied by a commitment 
to expand the company's audience and make ballet accessible to the widest possible public through touring, education programs, the creative use of media, and other outreach efforts. And I think you'll agree with me that through all of the guests that I've featured that are dancers with the New York City Ballet, I think that the mission has been carried on very successfully. And I think you'll hear some of that with with my guests today, Robbie Fairchild and Tyler Peck. All right. Well, anyways, so um, Robbie, your sister, who I've talked to, Megan, is yeah. um, in the company. Now, is she older than you? Yes, three years. Okay. Okay. And then do you, do you start dance because of her? Yeah. Uh, she, um, she would be at her dance classes and we wouldn't have a babysitter, so I would just go along and just kind of watch. And I think at some point I was like, I want to do that, <laughs> you know, so. And that's how you guys were in Salt Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake City. And she would come home from her dance classes and she would teach me the combos. And my parents would film them. We put on dance recitals in our living room. And now, is it just the two of you in the family? Yeah, it's just us two. Okay. And well, that would have been cute. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we, that's how I started. And Megan was always much more into ballet than I was. You did like the competition stuff? Uh, yeah, competitions and And I think I read that you um you took classes from Trey Barber. Yeah. Okay, cuz I live in Minneapolis and my daughter started off in the competition and he is the hip hop teacher where she used to dance. Yeah, we um he is great. I love him. In Utah they called the classes urban funk, <laughs> which I thought was just hilarious. And then um so Tyler I don't know if I'm right or wrong because I've already messed up, but um, you wound up in New York City because of Broadway, not ballet, right? Yeah, both Robbie and I were jazz kids. We both went to jazz competition studios. Um, I'm from California, and I did, like, the commercial jazz, you know, thing. And so my agent sent me to New York to audition for The Music Man on Broadway. Now, why did you have an agent? Because I did, like, commercials and, like, movies and um, guests on TV shows. Like, I did the whole L.A. kind of thing because I was from there. And that's everybody's a thing to do, yeah. Everybody has an agent. (laughs) So when I went to audition we kind of just made it a little trip because I wasn't expecting to get it like at all so my mom just you know we went to New York and then I found out like two days later that I got the show now were you in the like a towns person or were you the main girl I was Gracie Shen so the mayor has two daughters I was in music ma'am in Clearwater Florida though (laughs) yeah awesome not New York (laughs) daughter and while I was in the show I went to um to SAB during the days and then I would perform at night was that because you wanted to keep up your dancing training or was that because Broadway expected you to do that no it was because I wanted to keep up my dance training um Susan Stroman was like very clear with me saying you know that um you know it's easy to lose your technique when you're just doing a Broadway show for you know, eight nights a week, and you're so strong, and she wanted me to just stay strong, so she said, you know, you should find a place where you can really train, and I had been already taking um, lessons from a Balanchine 
dancer, and she had already suggested that I should, you know, try to see about SAP. So that's how it got started. So I take it you can sing too, huh? Yeah, I can sing. <laughs> so is that like, I mean, do you think that part of that, you know, multiple talent, I mean, obviously you have it anyway, but do you think that like being in LA, they kind of try and hone in on having, being really good at a lot of things for reasons like show business? Yeah, I think it's the, you know, the more versatile you are, the better kind of in, in LA. And I think that that's really helped in my career here just because I've been able to, you know, when new choreographers come in, I'm able to move the way that they want because of my jazz training. And, you know, I'm getting ready to do this Susan Stroman show. I'm doing a new Broadway show. And, you know, thank God I have, you know, kept up singing and acting from the days when I was in L.A. because now I need that for for that. So how do you keep up with singing with your rigorous schedule? Well, Mondays are our days off, so they're jam-packed. Okay. <laughs> so do you have, like, a Broadway voice? Uh, I mean, I guess you do because you're doing a Broadway show. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, I just what I've always said it is, like, that really cool... Broadway voice. I know? guess so. <laughs> I think that's that would be a really cool talent to have as well. You kind of have it all, I guess. <laughs> I try my best, but you know, I, of course, everything feels second to like my dancing, just because I've done it the longest. So, so then, um, so Robbie, you wound up in New York. Had Megan already come there or moved there? Yeah, Megan was an apprentice in the company, and. She saw my competition videos and she said, well, I really think that you should come to SAB for a summer course. And How old were you? I was 15. So you had done competition all the way through. Somewhat, yeah. And, and so I really um, took it to heart. I auditioned, I got in, and I went to the summer course. And it changed my life. Uh, never thought I'd want to do ballet. And I'd never been so inspired by my teacher and the performances that we got to see of the company that night, each night. And, um, yeah, it really just changed my whole perspective. I went. So did they ask you to stay that summer? They had a meeting with me and they said, we really want you to come back next summer and we'll take you for the year then. We just feel like you're young. Um, Was that a disappointment or were you kind of a little relieved? I I was a jazz dancer at the School of American Ballet. I was like, I totally know where my where I need to work. And so I went home and I worked really hard for a year. Mostly on ballet? Yeah, I went I did solely ballet, just did ballet. And um then came back for the another SAB summer course and yeah. So like with with being in the jazz world or the competition world, was it with your peers, especially your male peers, going back and focusing just on ballet, was there any sort of pushback or outside opinions from the guys? It just seems like sometimes it's a tougher road to haul as a guy in the world of ballet. Yeah. Um, I was the only guy at my jazz studio, too. Oh, okay. As far as, like, the dance world, no one really said anything. No, right. Growing up in Utah sucked. I, like growing up in any place that's 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 all in, in like football and this that and the other and 
Like here, it's hockey. You know, if you're not doing hockey or basketball, then you're kind of... Something's weird and you're an outcast. Yeah. So So did you have to face that at all? Oh, God. Yeah, it was awful. But I came out okay. And look who you got now. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's one. You're kind of like, hey, boys, look at me. (laughs) But I mean, I just know a lot of my listeners are aspiring dancers. And for the ones that are guys, you know, I think that you get to that point in like that sixth through 10th grade where it's it's hard if you're quote-unquote doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to be the exact same when you're in school, and then as soon as you're out of school, everybody wants to be different, so... Isn't that so true? And I mean, it's, it's funny because my daughter's 14, and even though females in the dance world, there's no, like, kind of as big of a struggle, but she's the only one in her large day school that is, you know, focused on ballet. So even she's kind of an island on her own. So it's, I, and so I think it's a tough road to haul. You have to really dig in deep, I think, for some of these kids. You totally do. Well, you have to really love it. If you don't love it, it's not worth the sacrifice of your social life. Right. Yeah. So, you know what? It was after you went there for the summer that you kind of made a shift. And so then you went back the next summer and and then stayed yeah, on. Yeah, I got, mm-hmm, I got into the, com- I got into the, School. And what grade were you then going into it? I was 11th grade. And then, Tyler, when did you go year-round? I was 14. Did you have to convince your family, or did they, they were fine with it from right away, or how's that work? Well, my mother was a dancer, and that's how I got started. I started in her dance studio, so, you know, from a very young age, I was driving to L.A., so I, from like the age of six, on I like really wasn't home much I spent like most of my time driving like two and a half hours to dance practice each each way way. yeah holy cow so I I I was already like away from home a lot and then when I got to be four I you know I moved to New York for a year to do the music man was 11 to 12 and my grandmother moved with me because my mom couldn't leave the studio and my dad couldn't leave work so you know, I think they were very used to kind of making sacrifices and letting me do what they thought would really benefit me. So my mom, you know, I think that they're, we're, we're such a close family. And I think that, it, you know, now we get to make up a little bit for like lost time because I did, I really did spend so much more time with my grandma than my mom just because we were always going to practice. And so when I was 14 and I decided to stay in the dorms, I mean, it was obviously hard, but my mom has always been one to come and, you know, visit and watch as many ballets as she can. So we're, we're really close. It seems as if in the, in the ballet world, for somebody who's aspiring to be a professional, there comes a point in time in their, you know, before graduating high school stage of their career, so to speak, that they have to kind of make that commitment to find a place year round? Or is that not really so much the case? Yeah, they need to be really taking it really seriously. I think by by 15 and 16, they have to really make that switch to say, I'm going to do this for a living. And, you know, up until that, you can't just say, I want to be a dancer at 15. You have to put in time and effort all the way leading up to that but I think that's kind of like the deciding moment that's like 
that's where you have like a year, maybe two years left of just polishing. Ballet is such a young, like, you know, you, you can't do it for very long. It's such a short career that if you need to kind of be focused by around 15, 16, otherwise you've kind of missed half of your half of your career, kind of to speak, if ballerinas go until their mid, you know, 40s maybe. And certainly with New York City Ballet, they don't let dancers become a company member if they don't do the year-round. Isn't that right? Not necessarily true. Okay. That's more of a rumor? No, they do like, I think they really pride themselves in being a company that has a school and everybody in the core, you know, is basically from the school. Like, I think really pride themselves but there have been a few principles that have come from other companies okay but somebody at like 18 or 19 couldn't come and audition for new york city ballet you've had to go to the school i just thought you meant like year round like oh gotcha full year because there are some people that get go to the school for their first year and after like three months they get asked to be in the company oh that makes sense okay yeah yeah okay yeah it is a direct feed they like them like 99% of their dancers to come from SAB. Um, but it doesn't matter how long you've been at SAB. They will take you they want you, I guess. And then, you know, the other, you know, a huge chunk of my audience is aspiring dancers. And then the other chunk of my audience or another big chunk is um, parents of the aspiring dancers. And some of the questions I've got is, you know, what advice do you give to parents who really don't, get it or don't feel that their child needs to go away year-round, but let's say um, they've been asked to stay somewhere and they do have a desire to make this their their full-time thing one day in life? Well, for me, I feel like dance is such a dedicated discipline that, you know, I think school is a lot of worries for um for parents, you know, like getting education. And I remember when I was young, you know, fortunately my mom got it because she was a dancer, but I had student, I had teachers try to tell me and my mom, well, she needs to make a decision between whether she wants to be a dancer or if she wants to be, you know, go to school. And it was crazy because I was getting straight A's. And I think that that's what's easy for what, what parents need to remember is that any dancer is going to be basically the best students in the class because they are the most disciplined out of out of half of the class. So, you know, I feel like if anybody can do it, it, it is the ballet dancers because they are able to do multitask and still be good in in school and do dance. That's a that's a really good perspective. You're right because I think that you know. Many parents, even including myself, that don't have a history in dance or don't really understand it, you know, it's it's a yearly learning process for me. But, you know, to just, I'm ingrained in my head to think that, you know, you, you go to college after high school and it's now all of a sudden you have these opportunities of potentially something else. And so it's it's a shift for many, many parents because it's so... It's so foreign, and so it's I. Just, it's like a college. It's just an early college. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And most most dancers, you know, I know that your sister Robbie, you know, is studying while they're doing a profession. So it's not a one way or the other. But I think that you know many of us that did the traditional college and the sorority and all the kind of traditional things, you assume that that is the way. But really, gosh, I I admire and would 
would love to have an alternative, you know, at that stage because I think that that level of dedication and passion and and drive is so unique and it's really impressive. And also the way to look at it is that, like, I go to Fordham as well. I'm a sophomore, but I just feel like dance is such a short career, like I said, that if you don't give it your all when you're young, like, you can go back and go to college. You can't go back and give yourself a ballet career. That's a good point. You're right. And if you have it in you and you have it available as an option, you know. Yeah, that's what I always, you know, like, yeah, school might be going slowly right now because I can't give it my all because I can only do a few classes, but I still love going to school and I'll do my one class a semester or something. And then if I want to go back and finish it after um, I'm done dancing, if I'm not finished yet, then that will be something very easy to go back and do. It's true. And I think that, um, at least from the outside looking in, that the kind of, again, passion and focus and heart that you guys have. And I look back at my years in undergrad and I was clueless, you know, it's just all about going to the frat parties, you know, it's like there'd be something about really having something. So then when you do actually get your education, it means something to you. I wasn't, I was just there because that's what you do, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I think college is very important and it's always something that like, I really want to make sure that I finish, you know, before having children, like I want to have a college degree, but I just think that it doesn't have to be so black and white and everybody is so different that there is a way to do both. Right. And doing it the animal house way isn't always the best way. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, so one thing I've just kind of been curious about. So Sarah Jessica Parker had the documentary. Was that kind of exciting or was that a little bit of, I mean, did you feel the cameras around you or are you guys kind of used to having a bit of press here and there in your lives? Honestly, she was so amazing. Like, she's such a huge ballet fan, and she literally, like, every single person by name, she really makes an effort to make us feel comfortable that, honestly, we don't even really remember them around. Like, they were very behind the scenes, and Robbie and I were actually, like, in the city ballet portion and, like, the relationship. Yeah, I remember. I saw that. Yeah. And it was so, you know, they just, they came on one of our wedding scouts. Oh, fun. For the places, and they were so easy. Like, literally, yeah. it was, it was really, what is it, unobtrusive, unobtrusive? Yeah, yeah. unobtrusive, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I know that you guys, um, as dancers, work pretty frequently together, right? We do, lucky enough. So, do you guys ever feel... Or do you, have you got it down to where you don't come home and overanalyze how it went? Or do you have fun rehashing the night or the day or whatever? Um, I think it depends on how it goes, right? Yeah. If it goes well, it's fun to, like, talk about and whatnot. But if it doesn't go well, you just, like, want to move on. Because <laughs> I didn't know, like, if you guys, like, kind of critique, okay, when this happened, we don't want to do that again. Or do you just oh, yeah. move on? I mean, that's definitely something we talk about, like, oh, maybe there we can try this next time. It was okay, but it wasn't great, you know? Yeah. Well, that's kind of fun that it doesn't doesn't cause any problems. Yeah. We, we, we get along yeah. pretty, like, our personalities kind of are, I don't know, we just kind of laugh if we ever get to a point where it's like, okay, this is pretty it's, If we're getting yeah. tense and <laughs> irrational. So you guys met... Like when you each first kind of got there, right? 
I actually yeah. met her when she was 11, I was 13. I was back for like a New York City Dance Alliance competition in New York. And my good friend Travis Wall um, was in the show with her in Music Man. He asked me if, yeah, he asked me if I wanted to come and see it. And I said, sure. So about like that same week or something like that, I had, I had run into Tyler at, I'd met her at Steps on Broadway, which is just an open class, open jazz class. And the teacher introduced us and we said hello. And then I get invited to go to the Music Man and there she is again. And we all go out for, all the kids in the show kind of went out for dessert together and I joined him. It was fun. And then it wasn't so until... So basically he met me when I was 11. You probably look about the same because you, you don't... It seems like you would probably age well. <laughs> Not like you're old, but you know what I mean? Like you you look like you have a classic From look. When, we're, when I was 14. Like that was a... We, so we met when I was in the Music Man and then, you know, that was it. And then the same year that I came back to SAB for the summer course, Robbie was there and we were like, don't we know each other? And that was like when we very first started dating when I was 14 and he was 16. So we have pictures from like those summer courses. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> you have to do a whole montage for your you wedding, go. right? What date is your wedding? June 22nd. Of this yep. summer? Oh my gosh, how Coming exciting. Up. Where are you guys getting married? It's at the Highline Hotel on 20th Street and 10th Avenue in New York. Well, shoot, I'll be in town, so I'll see there you. There you go. <laughs> and thank you again for tuning in to Balancing Point Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for part two of my interview with Tyler Peck and Robbie Fairchild when you'll hear more about their wedding plans. And most importantly, you'll receive some really valuable advice from each of them. Until then, have a great day.